We're so glad to have Pastor Nate. He grew up in this church for the most part, and we're so glad he's still here. And we're looking forward to what God is going to speak through him. Amen. Amen. It's great to be in the house of the Lord this morning. And I am so grateful for this opportunity to bring you the word. I have prepared this word for about maybe two, two or three weeks now, but it's been on my heart for about a month. Um, and for the past two weeks, I've been just receiving confirmation after confirmation of um, either on Instagram, while I'm scrolling on Instagram, following, um, I follow different uh, pastors from different churches, um, and they're all talking about the same topic. And so it just confirmed to me that this is the message that I need to bring to you this morning. And I feel with my whole heart um, that. And so before we get into it, if you would turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And we're going to start in verse 19 and go to 25. The title of my sermon today is titled, Me and My House. Me and My House. Once you have reached Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, uh, it should be up on the screen. We're going to go ahead and read. Amen? And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Because of the blood of Jesus, by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Verse 21 says, And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For we can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to, uh, think, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Verse 25 says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near would you pray with me this morning heavenly father we thank you god Lord, I pray that as I prepare to bring this word that you have laid upon my heart, I ask that you would speak through me. God, whoever is here that needs to hear this message, whoever is watching online, I pray that they are able to tune in and that they're listening and they would apply what the word is that you have for them this morning. I ask you, Jesus, that you would use me and that you would be seen in and through me, Father God, this morning. In Jesus' name, and we all say amen amen so like i said the title of my sermon today is me and my house and i'm sure that some of you guys um know where that verse uh comes from or have heard it before it is in joshua 24 verse 15 and this is but you refuse to serve the lord then choose today whom you will serve would you prefer the god your ancestors served beyond the euphrates or will it be the gods of the amorites in whose land you live now but as for me and my family 
we will serve the Lord. I can tell you guys this morning that my parents have made that uh, real strong declaration that me and my house will serve the Lord. That means we went to church every Sunday. We went to church every Wednesday. When there was a Bible study, we were there. When there was a vacation Bible school, we was there. When there was a camp, there was there. When there was a prayer meeting, we was there. When there was anything that was going on at the church, we were there. Me and my house will serve the Lord. The purpose of my message today is to challenge, redirect, and lead you. This topic that I feel so strongly about, because this is something that I hear all the time from non-believers and even some believers. And it's just this right here. They say, I don't have to go to church to believe in God. How many of you have heard that? before from different people i know right and so my response to that this morning is you're wrong (laughs) you are wrong like i said i want to challenge redirect and lead you to the word this morning but before we do that i want to show a demonstration an illustration this morning so my uh my lovely assistants who i have um recruited today Thank you so much. As they're coming up, I just want to, you might be saying, well, what's going on here? We're going to play tug of war. (laughs) All right. Aiden, you can be on this side. All right. So Aiden and Danique, you guys can just wait over there for a second and you can go ahead and hold on, hold on to that Alonzo. Thank you. All right. What we are doing here today is we are going to play tug of war. All right. On this side, Alonzo, he is representing you, us, Christians in general. And on this side, we have Elder John Smith, and he is representing Satan. (laughs) Just representing, guys. Just representing. All right. And these uh, two, Danique and Aiden, they are representing other Christians, fellow believers. And so you guys can go ahead and start. Go ahead. In the game of tug of war, don't pull too hard now. It's not a hospital day. (laughs) In the game of tug of war. Right? Usually in the middle, there's a pool, a puddle of water. Or if you're outside and you like the forest, there's usually a big puddle of mud. All right. And I don't know about you, but I don't like to get dirty like that. So I want to win. How about you guys? (laughs) I would want to win too. All right. But as Christians, sometimes we, we are pulling, we're pulling, we're pulling this direction. We go to church on Sunday. We receive the word of encouragement and we're filled we're strengthened and we get stronger but then monday comes and we go to work (laughs) and satan is putting a little bit harder (laughs) but then wednesday comes and we go to bible study and we're, we're we're strengthened again we get a little bit of uh nourishment and we get stronger again and we start to pull we start to get stronger but then Thursday come and we're on the way to Walmart 
and someone cuts you off. <laughs> right there on 484, <laughs> they cut you off and Satan is pulling you again. Pulling you in the opposite direction. It becomes so hard. Right? We have just a little bit of nourishment because we went to church on Sunday and Wednesday. Alright? We have a little bit of strength. A little bit of nourishment. But then, the other believers and the other Christians come in and they start to help. They start to pull. Why? That's Tuesday morning women's ministry. That's Thursday morning men's ministry. That is Friday night youth group when we have different activities. That's Wednesday night youth group when we have activities. That's Saturday when we go to um, the Flanning Island Park and we're all together fellowshipping one as one body of Christ. And then... And we're pulling, and we're pulling, and we're pulling, and we're pulling, and we become so strong together that just by just the one of us couldn't, couldn't uh, accomplish the mission. But when we're all together fellowshipping, together, we are better together than just one. Thank you guys, you guys did an amazing job. So my question for you this morning is, sometimes do you ever feel as if you're pulling and you're pulling and you're all by yourself? You're pulling on a Sunday morning and you come into the house of God and you, you're struggling with something, the burden that's on your heart. Whatever situation is going on in your family, maybe you lost a loved one. And you're going through that, but you come and you're here. And you worship. You give God praise despite of the circumstance. What I'm trying to say is you cannot call yourself a Christian and go through life alone, never asking for help, guidance, and a refilling of the Holy Spirit. If when the church service is going on and lives are being killed and God is working miracles and speaking life into situations, but you're at Disney World. Mm. When um, lives is being transformed right here at the altar, when the word is being brought forth that may have been just for you, but you're comfortable home in your bed. It is important to be in the house of God. Today, I want to focus on what God says in his word. And I have four points that I want to bring to life. The writer of Hebrews is calling us to persevere, to keep moving forward. So as we read Hebrews, starting with chapter, with verse 22, it starts off with let us. Let us. And so my first point for this morning is to let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. Let me clarify that. Let me clarify something for you guys this morning. And I'm sure you already know. But church is not the building. It's the people. 
And when I say church this morning, whenever you hear me say the word church, I want you to think of people, not the place, not this building, but people. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, and we quote it all the time, it says, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am among them. And can I tell you this morning that we have personal access to God through Christ and can draw near to him without an elaborate system. What are the elaborate systems? We don't have to go before a priest at a certain time of the year and he does not have to we don't have to wait for him to cleanse himself before he gets to us we don't have to wait for a specific time of the year and 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 we're not limited into the holies of holies in the temple we don't have to wait in the outer courts but why we can go right into the presence of god we have immediate access wherever we are whatever time of the day and with whoever we are with so let's do it because we have the access let's use it we have the access to the presence of god but oftentimes we don't use it i said it again we have access to the presence of god but oftentimes we don't use it we take it for granted Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we can have direct access to God and have eternal life with the Father so that we can be healed, so that we can be restored and renewed and we can freely speak to him at any time of the day, any hour. We have the access. We can trust him with our most difficult situations and we can find our peace in him. Why? Because we are washed clean with the blood of Christ. Having that, that, that ability, that opportunity is like having skills, anointings, gifts, or talents and never using them. If I, I, I am able to play the piano, if I never practiced, like my mother encouraged me to do every day, if I never practiced, I wouldn't be as good as I am today. I'm not as good, but if there was no time that was put into it, if I did not apply myself, then what was, what's the point? Like I said, I have four points this morning, and the first two I'm just going to breeze through. But this last, the last two, the third and the fourth point, is where I want to focus this morning. So let's go to verse uh, 23. In verse 23, it says, Hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Anybody believe that they can rely on the promises of God? We can trust in the promises of God. I know I can trust in the promises of God. Why? Because when I was younger and I would get in trouble, my mother would make me write Proverbs. (laughs) 
One time I got all the way to verse 37, uh, chapter 37. Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) I don't remember what I did, but (laughs) we can trust his promises. We have church so that we can build on that hope. It's the place for questions. We can grow in faith. We can overcome doubts. Our questions can deepen our faith. Why? Because we have hope. We have hope and we have a biblical hope. And that biblical hope is definite because he can be trusted to keep his promises. The purpose of being in church is not for it to become a habitual act, but it's so we're equipped to go into the world. We're equipped with the word of God. See, most people understand hope as wishful thinking, as in I hope something will happen. But this is not what the Bible is talking about by hope. The biblical, biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. Hope is a firm assurance regarding things that are unclear and unknown. Hope is a fundamental component of the life of the righteous And without hope, life loses its meaning. And in death, there is no hope. But the righteous who trust and put their hope in God will be helped. In Psalms 28 verse 7, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me. And my heart is filled with joy. I burst out songs of thanksgiving. We won't be confounded. We won't be put to shame or disappointed. Why? The righteous who have trustful hope in God have confidence in God's protection and help. Why? Because he has a a purpose. He has a promise over our life. In Jeremiah 29, 11. We are free from fear and anxiety. So we need to hold tightly without wavering for the hope that we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And in verse 24 is where uh, the first verse that I want to focus on this morning. In verse 24 it says, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Can you guys say that we enjoy the motivation from one another? We love the fellowship. I can think of many different things that we as a church, that we fellowship in, that I can see that we all enjoy. There's Sunday school by phone, weekly services, ministry meetings, men's ministry, women's ministry, our next generational ministries, kids and youth, our church outreach. Back to school is a perfect example. By the way, don't forget, we have sign-ups out in the lobby. And don't forget, we also have invite cards. (laughs) Quick little um, commercial there. But we have these opportunities to motivate one another. Let's do it. Let's do it. 
Our purpose is to go into all of the world and preach the good news. But can I tell you that some people may never come into a church. Some people may never come into this church. But can I tell you the wisdom, the guidance, the nourishment that you receive here with the fellowship of like-minded believers, you might be the only church service they see or receive. But you can't do that if you're not here. I have a quote from Michael Carl, and it says, As church attendance numbers fades across the nation and online, services become very convenient. It's important to remember why church attendance for you and your family matters so much. You can't serve from your sofa. You can't have community, a community of faith on your sofa. You can't experience the power of a room full of believers worshiping together from your sofa. Christians aren't consumers. We are contributors. We don't watch. We engage. We give. We sacrifice. We encourage. We pray by laying hands on the hurting. And we do life together. And it says last that the church needs you and you need the church. The first time I read that, I was like, that is so powerful. That is so powerful. Before we move any further today, I just want to let you know how I want to end this service today. I pray that this message is is touching your heart and challenging you in such a special way. But before we leave here today, I want whatever it is, whatever burdens, whatever situations, whatever chains, whatever bondages are holding us back, I want us to lay it down right here at the altar. And I want us to fellowship together. Can we do that? Amen. My fourth point this morning, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together. The day of Christ is very, is coming very, very soon where he will return. And we can see that by what's going on in our world. It's crazy times. There's an attack on our children with our identity There's a big struggle with mental illness. And it's time that the older mentor and guide the younger. That only happens when you're here. That only happens when we meet together. Let us not neglect the meeting together. We worship together. Just last week, the the week before last in youth, our youth service, we've been watching The Chosen. And it's been amazing. The first episode, Nicodemus went to those priests in that area. 
and he told he was he went there specifically to question why were they fishing on Shabbat, the Sabbath. And what we what we talked about at the end when we were having a discussion was that we need to keep our Sabbath day holy. Why? Not because it's what our grandparents did. It's what our mothers did, fathers did, but it's because it has a purpose. When we meet together, when we come together as one body of Christ, we are able to grow stronger in our strength so that when we leave these four walls to go out into the world and preach the good news, we know what we're talking about. We are filled, we are strengthened, we are encouraged. Because why? We cannot do it on our own. The church is not a building, it's a people. And as the worship team makes their way back this morning, I want to close with just a couple of things. Last week, Pastor Jan gave an encouraging word to the congregation about many people fighting mental illness. And can I just tell you that now is the time where the church needs to embrace those that are hurting and broken. The church is like a hospital. We are a hospital. And we're here together to help the hurting, encourage the weak, to sharpen our brothers and sisters in Christ. But we can only do that when we're here. We come for healing, we come for fellowship, we come for growth and encouragement. This morning, before we, we close, there's something that Pastor Jan created a while ago for the youth. And it's, and it's been such a powerful, powerful thing. Some of our youth that are not here, they're the main ones that, <laughs> that this has touched. But if we can put that up on the screen, it's called spiritual meds. And it tells us who we are. It encourages us in who we are in Christ. So I want to do this all together. Can we read this together? With, with, with power. With authority. Like we really mean it. Like we're at a football game. Or a soccer game. Yeah. Go Manchester United. <laughs> but it says because... I believe God's word is truth. I am a faith-filled, life-speaking, God-honoring, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. I am what? Has great plans for my future. I choose wisely who I spend my time with. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Next slide. 
I am loved and I love God and others. I am not easily offended and I refuse to hold on to bitterness. I am self-controlled, faithful, joyful, peaceful, gentle, and kind. I am born again. I am named by God, not labeled by man. I refuse to worry, but instead trust in God. Next slide. I am not a people pleaser, but a God pleaser. I refuse to compare myself to others, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I build others up, not tear them down. I lay down my pride and selfishness, giving all glory to the one true God. Amen. 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 Would you go ahead and stand up to your feet this morning? I want to encourage you this morning. While I was preparing for my sermon, I read in my study Bible. And this was what one of the commentaries had said. It said, difficulties should never be excuses for missing church services. Rather, as difficulties arise, we should make an even greater effort to be in faithful attendance why because when we're lonely when we're alone that's when Satan can attack us the most when we're off in a corner by ourselves and we're fighting those mental illnesses it's easier for the devil to come in and say well you know it's okay. You don't have to go to church today. They'll be alright without you. Just go ahead and stay right here. The bed is comfortable. Your problems are, are, are so big, you're never going to get over it. Whatever illness you're facing, you know, this is just the way you are. But can I tell you this morning that when we, the church, meet together, we get to see those things broken. We get to see those things changed. We get to see depression changed over for joy. We get to see anxiety and worrying over for trust and faithfulness. We get to see loneliness filled with peace, knowing that our God is there with us. Lost, when we feel lost, we can know that the comforter, yes, God, the comforter <laughs> is right there with us. And when we're hurt and broken, He can piece us back together. He can piece us back together. He can piece us back together. And when we find the peace of the Lord here, It can change everything. It can change everything. Before I close today and we go into our time of prayer, I want to say this one last quote by Pastor Aaron Burke, a pastor out in California, and he says, What one generation finds optional, the next generation will eventually find unnecessary. 
What does that mean? That means if we don't make it a must, that on Sunday mornings we say, me and my house will serve the Lord. No matter what the circumstances is, I'm going to be there. I'm going to receive my healing. I'm going to receive my deliverance. I'm going to receive my restoration. I'm going to receive whatever God has for me today and for my children. And their children when they grow older. And their children. And their children. Why? Because when we grow older, when we grow older... They would not forget what they learned because his word will never return back void. It is consistent. It has all authority and all power. So my question for you today is will you and your house serve the Lord? I know that there are people all over this room right now and wherever you're watching from online that you are going through different situations that you may see no end to. You might be facing mental illness, hurt, pain, um, depression, anxiety. Today, I want to meet it here at the altar. It says in the word that we can trade our sorrows for joy. Why? Because his burden is easy. So if that is you today, and don't be embarrassed, if that is you today, and you're saying, Pastor Nate, I'm going through some stuff that I don't understand. I don't see an end. I don't see a way out. Or I'm struggling an illness. I'm struggling anxiety. I'm struggling depression. I encourage you to meet me here at the altar today. I encourage you to meet me right here at the altar. Don't, don't, don't be worried about anybody next to you, beside you, around you. And if the prayer team and the elders and pastoral staff would come and make their way up here. Just begin to come and fill this front area. If that is you today, I encourage you to come. Now is the time. Now is the time. We want to meet right here with you. We want to be that encouragement. That's the reason why we come to church. We come to pray because when the church prays, glory be to God. When the church prays and the people pray, things begin to break. Things begin to break. Can I ask you this morning, are there some things that needs to be broken today? If that is you, I encourage you to make your way up to the front. And we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you and we want to be right there with you. Whatever it is.
As the worship team begins to sing, I encourage you to come to the front. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to And 
You might be feeling today that oh, going up to the front may be ooh, a little intimidating. But don't let that stop you. Don't let that hinder you from getting your blessing. From receiving your miracle. From receiving whatever God has for you today. But before we move on, if the prayer team and the others, if there's any knees that are out there, can we go and meet them right where they are? Father God, we ask that whatever your will here today is, that it will be done. Come on, can we give him praise this morning? Can we give him praise this morning? Oh, you're worthy, God. You're holy, God. You're righteous, God. And we bless your name. We bless your name. We magnify you, God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, we thank you for meeting us here today right where we are. We pray, oh God, that as we leave this place, that your glory would rest upon us as we go out into the mission field to bring the good news to everyone we meet, God. We pray, Lord, that as we go into our weeks, and we see different services that come, different events. Father God, I pray that we would be a people that desire fellowship together. That desire to be one body of Christ. To be so strong together. Why? Because when we are together, God, we are so much stronger. And we believe that you are on our side. Because if, if God is for us, who can be against us? We thank you and we praise you, O oh God, that now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And to our God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, now and forever. And we all say, Amen and Amen.